everyone and welcome to Museum Storytime. The objects in our collections and the people connected to them have had fascinating lives and this is our chance to tell you their stories. My name's Ailey and I'm going to be your host. Today I'm going to be telling you the story of a rather magical book that lives in special collections at the University of St Andrews and that is Alfred Lord Tennyson's Idols of the King from 1875, photographically illustrated by Julia Margaret Cameron. It's one of the 19th century's most famous collaborations between a poet and a photographer. When photography was still a very new concept, Julia Margaret Cameron, who lived between 1815 and 1879, was really pushing the boundaries and breaking any conventions, helping to define what this new medium of photography could be. Her photographs weren't conventional in any sense of the word. Some were purposely out of focus, some were smudged or scratched and really showed the artist's process. Her presence was, and very much still is to this day, in her works. Cameron's most famous works are portraits and what's really striking about them is the way that she treats her sitters. Often made up, and posed to look like characters from stories, figures from history or the Bible. So how did Cameron end up illustrating Idols of the King? Conveniently, Cameron was the next door neighbour of Alfred Lord Tennyson on the Isle of Wight. They lived next door in the summer of 1874 at Farringford Freshwater on the Isle of Wight. Tennyson was looking to expand a previous publication, which led to the Idols of the King being published. Tennyson asked his next-door neighbour if she might be interested in illustrating this publication. Lucky for us, she agreed. She used a converted hen house in her home to take the photographs. Cameron went on to make 200 prints for this publication. The technique she used was wet plate collodion on glass negatives. Cameron actually even wrote in a letter. Tennyson himself is very interested in my work and has been up here perpetually to see how I'm getting on. Unfortunately, in this case, Cameron's vision wasn't truly realised, as in the final published version, only two prints were selected and they were reformatted as wood engravings. They didn't work out quite as well in this final publication, but all hope was not lost. Tennyson was a really big fan of Cameron's and was really impressed by what she had produced. He encouraged her to produce her own book merging his work and hers together, and this vision was expertly brought together. In January 1875, the first version was produced, followed by another in the May, and it was sold for the princely sum of six guineas. The book has album and silver prints, which were accompanied by Tennyson's words, which were lithographed from the handwriting of Cameron herself. As for how many versions of this survived, there weren't many, only a dozen or so. The volume is truly beautiful with plenty of ethereal visions of women posed up in the story and the focus of the volume very much seems to be on the heroines. However, at the front of the volume is a portrait of Tennyson himself, dressed up in the guise of the dirty monk. How lucky that these two were neighbours. Hopefully this has given you a bit of an insight into Cameron's innovative and inspired vision and how she married that with Tennyson's verse. Thank you for joining us on this week's Museum Storytime. 
Join us next week for another one of the fascinating stories our collections have to tell. Thank you.